Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the lines right away. If you are local and like to join in on our discussion, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. It's 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over KKVV's website. Their web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. Also, we're being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website. Our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please go to our website, again, www.savethelostlv.org. Look for our weekly radio archive. Select the date that you like to listen. The gospel is always free on our watch. We have several years of rebroadcast, so enjoy, hang out. We have a lot of resources there. Tell somebody about it. If you have an Apple device, we are also being archived on iTunes. And again, the gospel is free on our watch. Some of you have cell phones. Many of you do. I want to give you a number where you can listen to KKVV anytime you like. You can listen to Save the Lost at all costs right now. Uh, the uh, call number for KKVV is 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. So again, by dialing the cell number, it only works in the United States, you can listen to KKVV anytime. That uh, cell number is 605-313-0630. Again, 305-313-0630. So we're going to get into uh, a topic called uh, The Watchman. And I am going to go to the book of Habakkuk. We really don't hear a whole lot of things from the book of Habakkuk, but I think you would be pleasantly pleased about hearing the word of God uh, from his prophet Habakkuk. So I am going to share a little background with you about Habakkuk. So it's not um, a very long book. It just has a, a couple of chapters in it. But when Habakkuk was troubled, he brought his concerns directly to God. After receiving God's answers, he responded with a prayer of faith. Habakkuk's example is one that should encourage us as we struggle to move from doubt to faith. 
we don't have to be afraid to ask questions of God. The problem is not with God and his ways, but with our limited understanding of him. So um, I thought this was a right now message, and I think uh, you're going to be blessed. Now, the setting was in Babylon, and Babylon was becoming the dominant world power, and Judah would soon feel Babylon's destructive force. So, and the purpose is to show that God is still in control of the world despite the apparent triumph of evil. So, and Habakkuk basically was asking God why the wicked in Judah were not being punished for their sin. He couldn't understand why just God would allow such evil to exist. God promised to use the Babylonians to pub- to punish Judah. When Habakkuk cried out for answers in his time of struggle, God answered him with words of hope. Habakkuk asked God why he would use the wicked Babylonians to punish his people. God said that he would also punish the Babylonians after they had fulfilled his purpose. God is the creator. He is all-powerful. He has a plan, and he will carry it out. He will punish sin. He is our strength and our place of safety. We can have confidence that he will love us and guard our relationship with him forever. God wants to come Excuse me, God wants us to come to him with our struggles and doubts. His answers may not be what we expect. However, God sustains us by revealing himself to us. Trusting him leads to quiet hope, not bitter resignation. God is still in control of this world in spite of the apparent triumph of evil. God doesn't overlook sin. One day he will rule the whole earth with perfect justice. Hope means going beyond our unpleasant daily experiences to the joy of knowing God. We live by trusting in Him, not by the benefits, happiness, or success we may experience in this life. Our hope comes from God. So, let's um, look at chapter 1 of Habakkuk. And... It's very, very wonderful to see how Habakkuk asked God these various questions. So we're going to look at chapter 1 and we're going to start in verse 1. And verse 1 through 4 is Habakkuk's question for the Lord. So, again, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1, and the Word of God says this. I'm in the New King James Version. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. 2. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. 3. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. For therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. So let's look at some commentary. 
and see what's going on. Habakkuk lived in Judah during the reign of Jehoiakim. Second Kings 23 verses 36 through 24. He prophesied between the fall of Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, which is in 1612 BC, and the Babylonian invasion of Judah in 588 BC, with Assyria in disarray. Babylon was becoming the dominant world power. This book records the prophet's dialogue with God concerning the question, why does God often seem indifferent in the face of evil? And why do evil people seem to go unpunished? While other prophetic books brought God's word to people, this book brought people's question to God. A burden is a message from God. Saddened by the violence and corruption he saw around him, Habakkuk poured out his heart to God. Today, injustice is still rampant, but don't let your concerns cause you to doubt God or rebel against him. Instead, consider the message that God gave Habakkuk and recognize God's long-range plans and purposes. Realize that God is doing right even when you do not understand why he works as he does. Now let's look at the Lord's reply to his question. And the word of God says this. We're still in Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 5 through verse 11. Verse 5. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded for I will work a work in your days which you will not believe though it were told you. Six, for indeed I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and nasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. Seven, they are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Eight, their horses also are swifter than leopards and more fierce than evening wolves. Their chargers charge ahead. Their cavalry comes from afar. They fly as the eagle that hastens to eat. Nine, they all come for violence. Their faces are set like the east wind. They gather captives like sand. Ten, they scoff at kings, and princes are scorned by them. They deride every stronghold, for they heap up earthen mounds and seize it. Eleven, then his mind changes, and he transgresses. He commits offense, ascribing this power to his God. So, let's look at some more Bible commentary and see how this is every everything's going to work out for our favor so in the climate of the times judah's last four kings were wicked men who rejected god and oppressed their own people babylon invaded judah twice before finally destroying it in 586 bc it was a time of fear oppression persecution lawlessness and immorality Habakkuk 
couldn't understand why God seemed to do nothing about the wickedness in society. Then he realized that the faith in God alone would supply the answers to his questions. Instead of questioning the ways of God, we should realize that he is totally just. We should have faith that he is in control and that one day evil will be utterly destroyed. Now, we had some prophets who were contemporaries of Habakkuk during this time. That would be Jeremiah uh, 627 to 586 B.C., Daniel 605 to 536 B.C., and Ezekiel from 593 to 571 B.C. God responds to Habakkuk's questions and concerns by stating he would do, ama- uh, do amazing acts that would astound Habakkuk. When circumstances around us become almost unbearable, we wonder if God has forgotten us. But remember, he is in control. God has a plan and will judge evildoers in his time. If we are truly humble, we will be willing to accept God's answers and await his timing. God told the inhabitants of Jerusalem that they would be utterly amazed at what he was about to do. The people would, in fact, see a series of unbelievable events. Number one, their own independent and prosperous kingdom, Judah, would suddenly become a vassal nation. Two, Egypt, a world power for centuries, would be crushed almost overnight. Three, Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire, would be so completely ransacked that people would forget where it had been. And four, the Chaldeans, or the Babylonians, would rise to power. Though these words were indeed amazing, the people saw them fulfilled during their lifetime. The Chaldeans, or the Babylonians, who lived northwest of the Persian Gulf, made a rapid rise to power around 630 B.C. They began to assert themselves against the Assyrian Empire, and by 605 B.C. had conquered Assyria and Egypt to become the strongest world power. But they were as wicked as the Assyrians, for they loved to collect captives were proud of their warfare tactics and trusted in their military strength. Armies were able to take walled cities by building earthen ramps and heaping mounds of earth against the walls. The Babylonians were proud of its military might and strategies. Armies and weapons with no regard for humanity. The armies brought home riches, plunder, prisoners, and tribute from the nations they conquered, such as the essence of idolatry, asking the gods we make to help us get all we want. The essence of Christianity is asking God, who made us, to help us give all we can in service to him. The goal of idolatry is self-glory. The aim of Christianity is God's glory. So the prophet is asking a second question. So let's look at that. So we're still in chapter 1 of Habakkuk, and we're going to go to verse 12, and we're going to go down to verse 17. Again, I'm in the New King James Version, and if you just joined us, uh, our topic is the watchman. Because Habakkuk is the watchman. Verse 12. Are you not from everlasting? 
O Lord, my God, my Holy One, we shall not die. O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. O Rock, you have marked them for correction. Verse 13, you are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? 14. Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? 15. They take up all of them with a hook. They catch them in their net and gather them in their dragnet. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. 16. Therefore, they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their dragnet, because by them... Their share is sumptuous and their food plentiful. 17. Shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? It's a serious question for Almighty God. So let's see some more of how this is breaking down. So the commentaries tells us Judah's forthcoming punishment would be at the hands of the Babylonians. Habakkuk was appalled that God would use a nation even more wicked than Judah to punish it. But the Babylonians did not know that they were being used by God to help Judah return to him. Babylonians' pride in its victories would be its downfall. Evil is self-destructive. And it is never beyond God's control. God may use whatever unusual instrument he chooses to correct or punish us. When we deserve punishment or correction, how can we complain about the kind of discipline God uses on us? That's something to think about. I think I'm going to say that again. When we deserve punishment or correction... How can we complain about the kind of discipline God uses on us? Again, it comes down to faith. You have to believe that God is a just God. He is a righteous God. The standard of truth is Him. So, He created us in His own image. He's quite capable of knowing when we need discipline and correction because he's the author and finisher of our faith. He knows what's ahead. He knows what's around the corner concerning us. We don't have that capability. We don't have that knowledge And he doesn't have some power. He has all power. And in the end, the Babylonians did not prevail. So let's keep going. So we're in chapter 2 now. And let's see what the watchman is saying. Verse 1. And the word of God says this, 
I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Verse 2 Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Three, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Four, behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Five, indeed, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man, and he does not stay at home, because he enlarges his desire as hell, and he is like death and cannot be satisfied. He gathers to himself all nations and heaps up for himself all peoples. Six, Will not all these take up a proverb against him and a taunting riddle against him and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his how long and to him who loads himself with many pledges. Seven, will not your creditors rise up suddenly? Will they not awaken who oppress you and you will become their booty? Eight, because you have plundered many nations, and all the remnant of the people shall plunder you, because of men's blood and the violence of the land and the city and of who dwell in it. 9. Woe to him who covets evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. 10. You give shameful counsel to your house cutting off many people and sin against your soul. 11. For the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the timbers will answer it. 12. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. 13. Behold, it is not of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor to feed the fire and nations weary themselves in vain. 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord and the waters cover the sea. 15. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor, pressing him to your bottle, even to make him drunk that you make that you may look on his nakedness. 16. You are filled with shame instead of glory. You also drink and be exposed as uncircumcised, the cup of the Lord's right hand will be turned against you, and other shame will be on your glory. 17. For the violence done to Lebanon will cover you, and the plunder of beasts which made them afraid because of men's blood, and the violence of the land and the sea and all who dwell in it. 18. What profit is the image that its maker should carve it? The molded image, a teacher of lies, the maker of its mold should trust in it to make mute idols. 19. Woe to him who says to wood, awake to silent stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it's 
is overlaid with gold and silver, yet in it there is no breath at all. 20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. All righty. So let's go back and see what our commentary says about all of this. That was very powerful. The whole chapter, chapter 2, we read verse 1 through verse 20. So it says, The watchman and rampart, which is the watchtower, often are used by the prophets to show an attitude of expectation. We find this also in Isaiah 21, verses 8 and 11, Jeremiah 6, verse 17, Ezekiel 3, verse 17, are pictures of Habakkuk's attitude of patience, waiting, and watching for God's response. Stone watchers were built on city walls or ramparts so that watchmen could see people, enemies, or messengers approaching their city while still at a distance. Watchtowers were also erected in vineyards to help guard the ripened grapes. We see this in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 2. Habakkuk wanted to be the best, excuse me, Habakkuk wanted to be in the best position to receive God's message. This chapter records God's answers to Habakkuk's questions. Number one, how long would evil prevail? Two, why was Babylon chosen to punish Judah? God said that the judgment, though slow to come, was certain. Although God used Babylon against Judah, he knew Babylon's sins and would punish it in due time. Evil and injustice seem to have the upper hand in the world. Like Habakkuk, Christians often feel angry and discouraged as they see what goes on. Habakkuk complained vigorously to God about the situation. God's answer to Habakkuk is the same answer he would give us. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It isn't easy to be patient, but it helps to remember that God hates sin even more than we do. Punishment of sin will certainly come. As God told Habakkuk, wait for it. We must trust God even when we don't understand why events occur as they do. The wicked Babylonians trusted in themselves and would fall. But the just or the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. This verse has inspired countless Christians. Paul quotes it in Romans chapter 1 verse 17 and Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. The writer of Hebrews quotes it in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 just before the famous chapter on faith. And it is helpful to all Christians who must live through difficult times without seeing signs of hope. Christians must trust that God is Directing all things according to his purpose. Babylon's riches had become from the misfortunes of others, but these riches would only be fuel for the fire. 
the victims and their cities would cry out against Babylon. Money is not evil, but God condemns the love of riches and the evil means of acquiring them. We find that in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Be careful not to hunger for wealth, so much that you lose your appetite for God. Do not allow money to take the place of family, friends, or God. Idolatry may seem like a sin that modern people do not commit. But idolatry is not just bowing down to idols. It is trusting in what one has made and therefore in one's own power as creator and sustainer. If we say we worship God but put our trust in bank accounts, homes, businesses, and organizations, then we are idolaters. Do you trust God more than you trust what your hands have made? Idols have no life, no personhood, no power. They are empty chunks of wood or stone. Temples built to idols are equally empty. No one lives there, but the Lord is in his temple. He is real, alive, and powerful. He is truly and fully God. Idolaters command their idols to save them. But we who worship the living God come to him in silent awe and reverence. We acknowledge that God is in control and knows what he is doing. Idols remain silent because they cannot answer. The living God, by contrast, speaks through his word. Approach God reverently and wait silently to hear what he has to say. I am really enjoying the word of God today. I always enjoy the word of God, but I just find it so right on time. You know, everything that uh, we are seeing uh, that's happening in the, the nation and even beyond the nation, I'm hoping that this is resonating with someone. I hope that this is giving someone a comfort. I hope this is building someone's faith that, you know, patience is something that uh, we can never have too much of because it is a divinely supernatural gift that helps us to endure and to face whatever it is that we need to face. But we must remember that in whatever we face, whatever is before us, God is with us for those who are in relationship with him. And it's important to increase your faith because increasing your faith allows you to have the courage, the fortitude, the stamina, and increases your desire to see God operate. See, it's important that we take care of ourselves. That we calm ourselves. And make sure that we address the distractions in our lives. Because we don't want to miss God moving. He is moving constantly. He is speaking constantly. 
everything that we are witnessing, we will be able to give an account and testify to God's glory and his goodness that endures forever. It's important that you keep a praise in your mouth. You be thankful in your heart. You be grateful. Because as the word of God has let us know in these two chapters that we read of Habakkuk is that uh, God hates sin more than we do. He, he hates it so much that it can't even enter into his presence. So we must remember that God is a standard bearer. That he has order to what he's doing. And he's sovereign. He does not need to uh, have a vote about how he operates. He is the creator of all life, heaven and earth. When we come into a relationship with him, it as is, he is our father and we are his children. But he has a love like no other love. It's unconditional. It's timeless. It's without end. We were manifested in his image. We have to be confident of that. And it's difficult to be patient. And God understands that. But whenever we think about the difficulty, we must also think about when has God ever told us something that wasn't true? God is incapable of lying. He's incapable of that. And if we read his word, then we need to be very assured that if he said it, it's going to come to pass. Now, we weren't living in these times. But make no mistake, God did use the Babylonians to bring his nation, Judah, to him closer. And then once that happened, God had no use for the Babylonians. They were utterly destroyed. So they had a time of when they would appear to have been prospering. But it's not really prosperity when you're doing all types of evil to get things. Because they weren't yours to begin with. And God instructs us uh, in the Ten Commandments that we're not to covet anything. So, covetousness is a sin. And sinners never prosper. We need to be able to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to address that that's in our lives that is attempting to take us over. We are powerless to sin without our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And see, when we have a relationship with Him, when we are operating in our faith, then 
all the brokenness that's in us. It's revealed. It is exposed not to have us devoid of hope, but to give us that that is hope. And the hope in God that when we come to him, as we see Habakkuk coming, he is coming and he is asking questions, serious questions. And God takes his questions very seriously and he answers them and he shows Habakkuk. Yes, I am well in control. I have full knowledge of that, that you come and seek me for to get answers. And it will happen. You will see this evil not just dealt with, but struck down, destroyed, devastated, totally obliterated. It's important. That's how God deals with evil. It's not a chess match. It's not a game. When his purpose has been fulfilled, then it's over. And they received their judgment. And people will see God move. And they will see his righteousness. And they will see evil totally, like I said, devastated. Many of us have testimonies to know that we were once bound by some things. We have been saved from a life of sin and separation from God. There were some things and some people and some places that really tried to destroy us. Tried to take our hope and our faith, our lives, things that God had blessed us with. You know, some of us had our homes taken, made life so uncomfortable in the communities that we were living in that we basically had to flee and to leave everything. Some of us have been in relationships where we found out the people who that we were in relationship were with were not who they said that they were. And they spent time after time, almost every waking hour, to plot and to execute great evil upon us. And children were not safe. They had that same zeal for pain and devastation and evil 
towards the most vulnerable among us, which are our children, the poor who can't take care of themselves, the elderly, the the infirm, those who are very sickly, the ones who are suffering from great depression and mental issues and even some people who have been placed in jails and prisons are some of our most vulnerable in a population of people. And let's not forget widows. So, I want our listeners to be encouraged because I'm getting a lot of prayer requests to pray for our leaders, to pray for this nation that we live in. Our allies and even those who want to do us harm. It's a great season for intercessory prayer. It's a great season to have those who who love God and who worship God and who serve God to stand in the gap. Habakkuk was just one. But can you imagine that we have a season of Habakkuk rising up, being watchmen and watchwomen and putting themselves in a position to see and to hear God so that they can help others and encourage others. So, I'm exhorting to you today to get into a position to be a watchman or watchwoman. To move yourself in a position to sit and watch with the Lord. And that when you come and you report to him, you are reporting that that needs to be brought before him. That you have spent time in the word. That you have Use the gift of discernment to walk among the people, to listen, to spend time with them in their respective communities and hear what's on their hearts and their minds. And to look at the leadership 
See, it's, 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 it's very important that you understand that it was Judah. It was God's own people that had fell into this horrible idolatry. If you will recall, during this particular time, Judah had experienced four wicked kings in a row. Wicked! And it permeated down into the people. It even touched those who were serving God. See, everybody got taken into captivity. That meant the priest, the Levites, those who worked in the temple. The good, the bad, the indifferent, everybody had become under the spirit of perversion. It's a sad state of affairs when those who serve God and God's houses of worship have the presence of evil and perversion in its very walls and the leadership has become proud and arrogant and wanting to do things the way that they want to about self-glory as opposed to giving glory and honor to God. Be careful. Watch men and watch women that you don't think that 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 you produce from your hands is more important than your relationship with God. See, me, myself, and I is not equivalent to God Almighty. Because who are you without God Almighty? And if you say you're doing God's work, then what God are you working for if your God is self This is a cautionary tale, men and women of God. Oh, but it's true. God brought devastation to the Babylonians. But the Babylonians, unbeknownst to them, was doing God's work when they were reconciling Judah back to God. They didn't even know that. And that that they thought they can keep, they couldn't. Because where they were going, they couldn't take anything with them that was not theirs. So we must be very careful what we wish for and what we want. 
and make sure that it's lining up with God's will and God's purpose. And going back to the first chapter of Habakkuk. And we look at verse 2. He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence and you will not save. See, he knew that what he was looking at, it was going to take God and only God Almighty to make it right. There's a rising of prayers that are going up to God. They are faithful watch men and watch women among us. And they are tearing with the Lord. But they are praying and reporting to Him as well. Make no mistake, men and women of God, that in these houses of worship, that say that they operate for God Almighty and that they are followers of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that they welcome the Holy Spirit, the Helper and the Comforter, that if they're not doing that and they are devouring the precious lambs of the Lord, it's being reported. It's being prayed about. It's being discussed in the heavenlies. Stay at your posts, watch men and watch women. Do not be discouraged. I'm hoping that I'm bringing you a right time word right now, in a season called now, that is refreshing you. Drink of the Holy Word in the book of Habakkuk. And I encourage you to look at his contemporaries and be encouraged as well. Jeremiah, Daniel, and Ezekiel. And be strengthened and be renewed and be steadfast in your position. Because you are on a divine mission from God. But we must not lose heart. We must continue to run our race. We must be firm in our commitment and our understanding and knowing in our heart of hearts. That God is who he says he is. 
And he will do what he says he's going to do. And that we have a king of kings and a lord of lords. And we have a savior in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that he will come back and he will do as the Father has asked him. It will be a crushing blow to all those who oppose the kingdom of God. It tells us in his word, the gates of hell will not prevail. Remember that. That's the type of king you serve. That's the type of Lord that you serve. That the gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of God. It's a glorious time. Because our God is a living God. He is on the throne. And his kingdom is forever. And sin will never ever prevail. It's an abomination to him. So. Don't lose heart. Keep the faith. Keep your head up. Keep elevating and rising and staying steadfast in the Word of God. Continue to report. Continue to send up your prayers. Continue to praise and to glorify Him. We love you. And remember, save the lost at all costs. And God bless. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas Vegas' very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 33. 
5852 North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852 North Las Vegas 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. Rhino.